Morning, everybody. My name is Steve Smith. I'm the editor of PHC News Magazine. And today I'm talking to Carl Pinto from Bradford White. Carl, thanks for coming aboard this morning. How are you? I'm great, Steve. How are you today? I appreciate the time. Nice and sunny day here in Chicago for uh, maybe I think we got one more last weekend before <laughs> before I bundle up for the winter. Uh, likewise here in, in, in good old Pennsylvania. Carl, I, I, I know everyone listening to this podcast is going to know who you are, but why don't you? Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what keeps you busy at Bradford White Monday through Friday, or maybe Saturday and Sunday too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, I'm the Senior Director of Marketing Communications for Bradford White Corporation. I've been with Bradford White since October of 2012. It has been a tremendous experience working for this company and just to be able to immerse myself in the industry day to day with our customers and business partners. We work on all of the marketing strategies as a team. Uh, we have some great external partners that we work with to get that accomplished. Uh, we also do the communication side, which is more bundled around the public relations as well as the um, internal communications for the company. Anything doing with uh, words, communications, messaging goes through this team. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we've got a lot of things to, to, to talk about today, but uh, I guess the the biggest reason that I got on the phone uh, to you this morning, uh, Carl, was uh, recently Bradford White, you know, you, you guys teamed up with PHCC and ASA to call on everybody in the skilled trades industry to focus on workforce development and, you know, close the labor gap and create interest to, for the next generation. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, when I was preparing for this interview, I, I was thinking to myself, well, geez, what, what am I going to talk to Carl about exactly? It's such a huge issue. It's something that you hear everybody lament wherever you go. But as mm-hmm. It, um, I know that uh, earlier this month as well, you guys, Bradford White, started an interesting scholarship program of your own at the local community colleges around your factory in Middleville, Michigan. So maybe we can start there and then we can back into uh, you know some of the broader trends uh, about workforce. I know you've got you've taken a couple trips to the White House we can talk about as well. But let's start with the uh Community college students up in Middleville. Okay. Huh? All right. So we have a program at our Bradford White Water Heaters manufacturing plant out of Middleville, Michigan, to where we will pay the cost of a two-year college degree for people that are working part-time at the facility. Uh-huh. Um, the program is a great way to, you know, certainly support education, regardless of what a person is training for. But what we like about it in particular is that it really helps expose people to the trade, specifically when it comes to manufacturing. You know, the the skilled labor shortage isn't just exclusive to the people in the field, the contractors in the field. This is a concern that we have at all levels within the industry, including manufacturing. And uh, Middleville is a relatively remote area. So we have, you know, cast a pretty wide net to bring people in to work at that plant where we employ well over a thousand people to manufacture the products that we uh, deliver around the world. So the program's doing well. The participation is increasing. It allows young men and women to come in and, and make a very good part-time wage, probably better than they would in most other positions in the area, work up to, I believe, 30 hours a week, and, and uh, blend that in with their with their college training. And, and some of the students are using the training for uh, manufacturing-specific opportunities and others, um, maybe a little bit broader. But, you know, if they can come to Bradford White and for two years and get exposed to manufacturing, 
and see that you know manufacturers in general offer a whole wealth of opportunities. It's not just the positions in terms of the manufacturing day to day, but there's also you know the engineering and the people that are involved with logistics. There's many many roles to be fulfilled in a manufacturing operation, uh-huh. and I don't think you know people the general public doesn't really know that. No, no, you, you, people just don't think about these kind of jobs or. No. Uh, I know it's you know it's a, it's always great to to walk into a factory and see actually things being made right in front of your eyes. You like this lost art. So the scholarship program at Middleville is kind of like closing your labor gap in a in a matter of speaking. Obviously, you want people to you know stick to manufacturing as a as a job career, but heck, it's open to anybody and 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 uh, anything they want to study. And if I were gonna if I, I don't know if I were a 20 year old making water heaters, I might want to think about installing those water heaters too. So that's all good and well. Yeah. But the broader issue that we all face uh, in this industry is is getting new contractors, new installers into the trades to not just put in red or white water heaters, but everybody else's water heaters, I suppose. And uh, to say nothing of plumbing and piping and, and boilers and you name it, all, all sorts of things. So what's what's going on there with your new uh, kind of Call to action. Well, you know, the skilled trades right now in general are experiencing a significant shortfall in, in acquiring talent. There's uh, one study I know that suggests that from now through about 2028, there's about 2.4 million positions that need that will go unfilled at with an impact of about uh, two and a half trillion dollars. It's, it's pretty, pretty significant, obviously, um, within our own industry during that same time frame. Um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates about a 115,000 position gap for plumbing and HVAC, roughly um, 68,000 on the plumbing side and about 46,000 on the HVAC side. Mm-hmm. And those, that, that's significant. And, you know, our concern is that and why this article was put together with the ASA and PHCC, first of all, was to try to get the message outside of the industry. Um, we're really great at talking to one another about how good this industry is and preaching to the choir. But this is a cultural change. Steve. This is not about one initiative here, one initiative there. We have to change kind of the hearts and minds of the general public about this industry and the opportunities within it. So this, for me, was kind of a, a starting point for us at Bradford White to do that as we look at some of our own initiatives we want to push forward. And this article, you know, really isn't new with regard to the ASA, PHCC, Bradford White relationship on this topic. Um, probably three years ago, we went to visit with the current administration and um, to talk about workforce development. And certainly they were very interested because of President Trump's significant infrastructure uh, initiatives that he had put forth. And they had the wherewithal to realize is who's going to do this? Yeah. Such a gap in the skilled trades. Who's going to get this accomplished? So those conversations were very productive. And we did tell them when they asked, what can we do to help? We said, you got to make the trade sexy again. Yeah. You have to, you know, every, the last several administrations prior got up and pretty much, you know, pounded the gavel and said, you, everybody must go to college. Everybody must have a four-year degree and so forth. And it was really upsetting to me having a lot of friends in the trades and, and, and seeing the way I grew up that. Some of these other administrations were relegating, or in the past, relegating the trades as a plan B, not another plan A. And I see them as two plan A's. I recall in high school, anybody, 
that was in school or in a time I was at my ripe old age remembers going into a guidance counselor's office and seeing half the room dedicated to the trades and the other half to college. And yeah. not today. I mean, there might be that dusty pamphlet in the corner that talks about the trades. Right. And everything else is, you know, college, college, college. And I, I, this is not a, you know, a knock on a four-year degree. I have a degree. It has served me well. But it's not a path that everybody needs or necessarily wants to take to get to be successful. Certainly isn't. So, no, 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 no. There was a follow-up visit to the White House. Uh, I had the opportunity, the privilege to, to join the national PHCC team as they were signing. Um, we were down there and they were signing their uh, Pledge to America's Workers. And during that time, we had the opportunity to meet with one of the president's uh, team. And this, this person was the director of domestic initiatives. And she spent a lot of time with us just really soaking in what were the challenges that we have in an industry and how, what are some of the things that we were doing? And, you know, we repeated that message. You just need to help us change this culturally. Yeah. The money's fine, the training's fine, all those things are great. But even if we reach out to the next generation and, you know, little Joey or little Mary goes home and says, mom, dad, I want to be a contractor. And they go, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to go to college. You know, it stops there. So right. we've got to address this all around. Absolutely. I'm just kind of curious because actually I, I was in Indianapolis uh, just a couple of days ago talking to a contractor who uh, does, uh, you know, very, takes great deal of interest in the PHCC activities. And mm-hmm. one of the things she does, and particularly in Indiana too, is that, uh, you know, she's trying to get right to the, that, career counselor and get that yeah. across There's more to college. And in fact, you know, I don't know that there's a national association of career counselors somewhere out there. I don't know if that's the exact t- title, but she's taking part in those meetings and trying to move the needle to get people to understand a little bit more that there's more to life than the four-year degree. Do you get a sense uh, in the last couple of years that there is a, at least a little bit of a change, a, a thaw, if that's the word to, to describe uh, the fact that I, there are other alternatives out there? I do, Steve, but I think right now it, it's very uh, regionalized. You have, you know, similar to the Indianapolis situation you mentioned, there are these grassroots efforts throughout the country by various organizations at, at a local level, um, local plumbers who have and contractors who have gone into the schools and, and developed programs that have become, become quite coveted by the local community and the students there. And um, that, you know, just needs to be continued. So there's a lot of people that have created some local roadmaps for success that I think we just need to broaden and, you know, roll out it on a bigger scale. Good, good. Uh, the pop meeting at the White House, how, how long ago was that? I, I, I don't know if I remember reading about that. I certainly remember reading about the the, the initial, uh, the first one a few years ago. Yeah, the first one was with PHCC, ASA, and a couple other manufacturers was roughly three and a half years ago. The last one was just before it was just before the end of last year. Okay. And yeah, we had we had gone down and uh obviously it had to be pre-pandemic. So that that was that was a good meeting and you know we had a company ASA to sign their pledge to America's workers. Bradford White has signed that pledge as well. Mm-hmm. But this last visit I think was nice because you know, we got beyond the ceremony of just making that pledge and commitment. We got some real quality time with the White House staff to talk about this issue. And um, 
you know, I, I've actually been very fortunate to have been able to maintain a dialogue with the contact down there and reach out to them quite regularly to share our progress and to just keep in front of them and say, hey, we're not going away. <laughs> we need your help. <laughs> and, and, you know, both, I'm happy to hear that, you know, both both of the um, parties now coming into the election that we're, you know, that we're facing are touching upon this topic about, you know, trade and labor. And so that is that is a good thing to hear. Let's, you know, be critical that, that after the election, whoever comes out victorious, that this continues. And whoever it is, we'll, we'll be happy to help them Perfect. push that message along. Well, good. That uh, gives us a chance to switch gears a little bit because I did want to talk to you about, you know, Bradford White uh, and, uh, you know, this whole sense of new normal uh, that we hope we're, we're reaching. Um, I know that you and, and Bruce Carnival took part in one of our early podcasts when we first started this. And our primary focus back then was, uh, you know, this was back in March, April, when it was all brand new. And we were just yeah. trying to talk to manufacturers and, and, and updating our readers and our uh, about what was going on. So what 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 is going on now? Uh, here we are in, what, October, almost the end of October. Have we reached a new normal yet? Or are we still uh, <laughs> still looking for something? Uh, Steve, I, I honestly think we are still looking for something. I wish I could say we we have reached the new normal, um, but uh, we've learned we, we've seen some efficiencies come out of this in terms of how we're meeting and how we're people are being more cognizant of time, uh, working from home and and having some of these virtual meetings. But I'm kind of looking for a blend of pre and and current happening is around the pandemic. There's a lot of good things that came out of it, but there's a lot that obviously in an industry like ours has been lost. I mean, our industry is, is so, it's so critical to be in the field out meeting with customers from a company like Bradford White that just, you know, prides itself on our, our customer relationships. This is tough. It, it's very difficult. When I talk to McGoldrick and his sales team and our teams at Lars and, and that crew, um, it's it's really difficult not to be able to look your customer in the eye and be at their business and and help them. So I hope that um, we'll be out there soon. It can't be soon enough, mm-hmm. but I think we're we're just I, I I I'm reluctant to say we're in the new normal at all. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, everyone's feeling it more and more. So now, I mean, I think there's yeah. like a a clear case of uh, God. Let's get let's get over this stuff and let's get out there. Uh, but you can't you really can't. I mean, you can't not you can't you can't do it. And it's just it's just tough. It's not easy. And and of course, here we are. You and I are talking on uh, what Friday, October 16th. And yesterday, AHR Expo, the management of AHR Expo, rather, uh, you know, sent out a press release to everybody uh, in the media saying that, um, well, we're not going to have uh, next year's show. We're going to have to wait uh, till 2022. Or <laughs> it's just it's hard, it's hard to even. Uh, wrap you around about that, but um, you know what, uh, what? What does that mean to you guys? I mean, we miss the trade shows ourselves as editors. We we go there, and it's a great way to meet people, obviously face to face. Come come back with any number of story ideas for the rest of the year. It was definitely very disappointing that the show was canceled, but I can't say that I didn't expect it. Having seen what ASPE had to go through, what ASA has gone through, and uh, I'm currently on the PHCC board, so I got a behind-the-scenes look of what that took. There's a lot of unraveling that's required for these organizations when 
you know, with all the contractual commitments that are there and, and, and you have to kind of pull all that apart and understand what that means before then you can move into the virtual component. And um, when you look at the scale of what AHR brings to the table, you can imagine that that must have been um, a significant endeavor to try to make that happen. And I'm sure if they could, they would. But, um, you know, that is a big trade show for us. That's a great opportunity to meet a lot of our customers, particularly our international customers as well. So it's, it's disappointing. We, you know, have been participating in some of the virtual trade shows. I applaud the efforts of everybody that's, you know, putting them on because they not only had to unravel their current shows, but then had to quickly identify providers, virtual trade show providers without a lot of time and get all that stuff together. It's tough. I, I don't envy the position that they were put in, but as a, an exhibitor, it's, you know, we want to get back out there. Yeah. And I, I attended the PHCC Connect and it, it was it was fine for, for what it was. Obviously, it would have been better if I'd been in the room uh, hearing the speaker or walking the trade show. It's a very good trade show. Uh, I didn't attend the ASA, so I don't know too much about that. But uh, I think you were both in, you were in both of those. What, what was your feeling about either one? Yeah, PHEC did it really work to replicate their live format in terms of technology showcase and the various presentations that run throughout the day and so forth. And, and I think they did an exceptional job with that. ASA took a little bit of a different tact. They actually had booths this year, which is something that we don't generally participate in at ASA. We're going there for the networking opportunities, the educational opportunities. And this year, we actually had a product booth. So it was a little different in terms of how we were in, put in front of the ASA audience. Um, got Aspie coming up. We're still looking at how that's going to be put together. But they moved that out to December, so there's a little bit more time to pull that all together. But, um, you know, it, it's it's not uh, – it, it's certainly a little bit easier than putting together a live booth. But, you know, you still have to develop assets. And, and when you're given these opportunities – you don't want to just yank things off the shelf to to fill in the, these virtual shows. You want to make sure you, you you still know the audience you're talking to. There are still people that you've known for, for years, and you just want to put your best foot forward in those forms. So, you know, we take them very seriously. We work to create specialized material for those. But, yes, yeah, I want to get back out there and shake some hands over here my buddies. <laughs> we all do. Now, um, uh, you know, as a company, uh, you know, I'm sure you got some new uh, product coming soon. You want to get out there yourself, obviously. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you certainly always have been. Uh, is there any uh, initiatives as uh, Bradford White itself uh, that you're doing a little bit more of to try to, you know, get out there in a virtual sense? Do you have anything uh, that you could tell us a little bit more about? We're significantly expanding our digital efforts and our social media efforts to fill a little bit of that gap. And that is is growing. We're adding to our team quite regularly. We added a person fairly recently that can it's going to help us i think take our social media to the next level in terms of the product presentations and so forth we're also uh, have some friends in the technology sector who for the last few years have been having very specific uh, one-on-one customer i don't want to call them trade shows steve more like a performance or a, a live show dedicated to a specific group of people and i think after talking to them that may be something that would bode well for us. So we're starting to explore some of those one-on-one opportunities where 
you know, we're kind of the show hosts. We're not participating in an, as an exhibitor somewhere else, but we are the show hosts. We can speak to a specific audience and, you know, really create a high power performance that will hopefully keep people engaged. Right. And in that way, you know, we know we have a captive audience because right now, you know, no matter what we do in these, in the other virtual formats, you're really at the mercy of where people want to go. They're out there within that environment and they click and choose. And um, the other thing that we're concerned about is, is really technology fatigue. I was talking to a few people that were planning these events from the organizations. And, you know, there was a real concern that some of the chatter was that people felt like I'm just going to another online meeting. Uh And as we all know, as you know, we have a lot of those these days. So anytime where you have the opportunity to kind of step away from the screen, it's welcome right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a tough, uh, Tough year ahead of us, I think. For a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things are still, you know, as you say, we're we're not in the new normal yet. <laughs> we're, no. still, we're still yeah. gonna wait for something uh, to come our way that'll uh, feel a little bit more normal. But uh, I guess we'll make the best of it, as you know. We certainly all have. Certainly, uh, this industry has done as much as they can in the intervening months between what March and now. So. I guess we're kind of used to it in some respects, but I, I know what you mean. I mean it. it it's it's disappointing to to not be able to uh, get out and attend something. And obviously, HR was right in our own backyard in Chicago in January, so or March or whatever it was going to be the alternative days before they canceled everything. So yeah, I mean that's that's a great it's a great show, and it's hard to do that virtually and just have to hope for the best. It is. I mean, when you look across this industry, the warmth of this industry, the friendships that have been developed. Right. Between customers, manufacturers, in the relationships that are built day after day, it, it's it's tough. We yeah. are an industry as a whole. You know, Bradford White. You know that that's the way we work. But you know, we we don't have exclusivity to that. I mean, um, our industry as a whole, I find to be you know a very warm and engaging industry. We like to get out. We like to talk to one another, and um, you know that's what we do. And, yeah. and that's a big thing that's been taken away from us right now. Right. That's exactly it. The warmth of the industry. That's a perfect way to describe the PHCP community. I mean, isn't it? I mean, it's a great, great group of people, real mm-hmm. issues. They're glad to talk to you. They're glad to meet you. If you're brand new to the industry, I can't think of a better industry to to learn from. And they'll, they'll take you under your wing and, and explain things in a, in an easygoing way that'll help you understand everything very well. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. <laughs> Well, let's hope for the best. Uh, as I say, uh, someday uh, I'm sure I'm going to see you face to face again. Sure thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to that day. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for your time today, Carl. Sure, Steve. Thank Bye-bye. you.